You're listening to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Now, on to the show. Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Today, I'm excited to introduce our guest, Katie Dewhurst. Katie is a certified functional medicine health coach, a cookbook author, and the founder of the Hello Baby Prenatal Nutrition Course. Now, prenatal is not a term that you normally hear on a fertility podcast, but stick with me here for a minute. We regularly hear from members of my community that there's a significant struggle going from the trying to get pregnant mindset to suddenly having a positive pregnancy test and thinking about being pregnant. In this episode of the Baby Dust Podcast, we're exploring several simple tips to keep in your back pocket to make that transition into pregnancy seamless. With that, let's get into the conversation. I'm thrilled to be sitting down with today's guest. Katie, welcome. Thank you for taking time to chat with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. Yeah, I'm really excited for this convo. Yeah, I have really been looking forward to it as well. And we kind of were talking a little bit before we hit record. Um, And one of the things as I was sharing with you that um, we find this a lot in our community of uh, women who have gone through uh, a lot of cycles, you know, um, for a lot of our listeners, fertility has not been an easy journey. And then we kind of hit this point where suddenly um, we're pregnant and it's both exhilarating and it's exciting and it can be even a little bit scary just knowing the journey to get there. And at the same time, it can also be really overwhelming. And so I kind of really just wanted to jump in today um, and ask you to, if you could just work us through what it could look like when you get that big fat positive to shift from thinking fertility to pregnancy. What are some simple next steps that we could take um, just to kind of make it feel a little less overwhelming? Yeah, that's definitely a loaded question because I can (laughs) kind of cover like the mentality part and then the nutrient part and the physical and lifestyle part. And I think maybe we could touch on a little bit of everything, but from a mental perspective, it's like a lot of women, if they've been trying for a long time, like that's such an exciting moment. Mm -hmm. Your hormones are also changing so rapidly. Like it's your hormones are raging and the process of pregnancy in that early development of what's happening inside your body can cause a lot of um, uneasiness and anxiety and even waves of depression. So it's really important to, I think, check in with yourself and be aware of your mental health, because even though you might think, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so excited. It's going to be the best thing ever you have no idea how you're going to actually feel. And I think it's important to just validate any type of feeling that you're having at that moment and to not let it overtake your entire emotional state, but really just acknowledge that this is a ton of hormonal fluctuations happening and it's okay. So this isn't like the new me or anything like that. It And then also on top of that, you're going through an identity shift because- you, especially if it's your first child, I think, um, for the, your first child, you're becoming a mom. And that is just such a major lifestyle and identity change. And I think that can also be really overwhelming. 
So I think being really graceful with yourself, uh, talking through your stressors or anxieties with loved ones and really allowing for plenty of rest because as many moms out there know, that first trimester can be so exhausting. And with everything that's happening in your body, it makes sense that it would be really tiring. So allowing extra rest if you need it. From a nutrient perspective, this is a really important time to prioritize your B vitamins like folate, choline, B12. These are all really important for neural tube development, and it's going to support that those early stages of the embryo becoming the fetus. So um, from a nutrient perspective, it's it's really about making sure you're on your high quality prenatal vitamin. A lot of times we don't even know that we're pregnant um, mm, until about yeah. two, three or four weeks later. So if you can, while you're in that trying to conceive period, getting on a high quality prenatal vitamin and starting to educate yourself and research a lot about what a good quality prenatal diet looks like and what those mm -hmm. foods are so that you're already kind of a little bit prepared to start implementing those foods. And the good thing is, is all the foods that are really healthy for pregnancy are also really healthy for fertility. So you don't mm, have to make yeah. any major swaps. Mm -hmm. That kind of takes a little bit of the stress off of it. I think, you know, uh, a, we talk about this a lot in my community that you, when you're already establishing a lot of these fertility friendly dietary and lifestyle habits, you're unintentionally often establishing pregnancy friendly dietary and lifestyle habits, which just kind of seamlessly goes from one stage of the journey to the next. Totally. Yeah. So I think a lot of women that maybe have been struggling to get pregnant or they've been trying for a while, you kind of have a head start on everyone else because you've been doing the research. And so you're probably even more educated than someone that just got pregnant on a whim. So mm -hmm. hopefully that gives you confidence that you're going to have a healthy pregnancy and you know what to do. Of course, there's going to be some Googling and some, <laughs> you know, things that you're, you're not sure about, but just know that you can kind of take it day by day. And there's so many good resources out there for you that are ready to help and support you. Yeah. I think that's great to point out that the whole day by day thing, you know, um, obviously we're all thinking when we're in the first trimester, at least I'm thinking when I'm in the first trimester, okay, we're this far away from like hitting that point when, you know, a miscarriage has become, it becomes less likely. And, and I know that comes from our personal journey. We had a, we had a loss before we had our two children. Um, and that kind of always is something that hangs out there. So sometimes when we're, we have that mindset, it's more or less like, okay, we just have to get across this line as opposed to, what can I do today that is going to be supportive of this pregnancy? That's going to be supportive of my mental health in this journey. And that's going to help get me to tomorrow. Totally. Yeah. And you bring up a good point with miscarriage. I think that's one thing that we should really take off our plate as far as something to worry about, because mm -hmm. it's really, it's pretty much out of our control. If we're doing all of the basic level things to be a healthy human, then you're doing like you're doing enough. The body is very capable. We are meant to reproduce. There is a ton of research to show that having like optimal nutrient status and staying active during pregnancy 
can support your baby having uh, better outcomes as far as cognitive outcomes, metabolic outcomes, and you having an overall healthier pregnancy and delivery and postpartum recovery. Mm, absolutely. And that's one thing that I'm personally passionate about. It's one of the reasons why I've focused so much on fertility is just that um, it, it's really cool knowing that we can influence long-term health for our children um, through our choices, through the things that we decide to do. Um, and and I think that's something that I think often we don't, we don't talk about how the fruits of our labor now do really pay off. Um, so I think that's a great point to bring up. Um, great as a reminder too, especially coming out of that season of um, fertility challenges during that time, focusing on a lot of these little pieces that will accumulate and be so beneficial by the time you reach the end of pregnancy. Yeah. I always love to encourage women in this preconception window because it is such an impactful time to make a difference on your baby's future health and development. Mm -hmm. And it's going to help with you hopefully having an easier time getting pregnant. Yeah. Uh, that's mm -hmm. not always the case, but uh, our egg quality and sperm quality on the male side, they respond very well to diet and lifestyle changes. So mm. there's little shifts we can do in that preconception window to help set you up for a healthier pregnancy and an easier time getting pregnant. Yeah. Why don't we work through some of those here for a minute? You know, some of the things that, um, if they have pregnancy benefits, can you kind of share, shed some light on some of those things that maybe we're, we're introducing in preg in fertility and then kind of key into how they translate in pregnancy is also being beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. So from a lifestyle perspective, you definitely need to make sure you're sleeping enough. And mm, that's, uh, that's, that's just a fundamental, right? Because mm -hmm. that's when we're actually regulating all of our hormones. So there's a lot of hormones involved in ovulation and the whole process, right? So we need to be sleeping enough. I think trying to aim for around like seven to eight hours is a really good goal for most people. And then from a lifestyle perspective, I think making sure you're getting daily activity and that's just really supportive of like detox, making sure your blood sugar is regulated. Um, that's really going to help with your fertility because, and then it, that does roll into pregnancy because blood sugar regulation is so important for ovulation to happen. So I think exercise is one of those that I don't always touch on. And like, I don't think a lot of people always touch on, but I do think it actually makes a really big impact on mm -hmm. overall fertility, health, and longevity. And I think once you get pregnant, it's so supportive because the women that exercise throughout pregnancy, there's just so many positive outcomes for like placental health and a decreased 70% decreased uh, risk for gestational diabetes and decreased risk for preeclampsia. So I think that's a really good habit to get into is some sort of uh, movement throughout your week, mm -hmm. whatever kind of workout you enjoy. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. I would say like last lifestyle type tip would be starting to eliminate toxins. Like if you have environmental toxins that you can start to remove from your household, things like your body lotion, if you're still using something that's really highly fragranced or something like that, starting to replace with some more non-toxic cleaner options, which there's so many available nowadays. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. That's just like a really easy thing to start swapping over in this preconception window. That's also going to be super supportive of pregnancy. So if you can use this preconception window to kind of set yourself up, it makes the transition into pregnancy so much easier and less stressful because you're not trying to like replace everything in your house, you can do it over the period of like a year or two, you know? Yeah. And I, I think it's great to mention swapping over household products, beauty products, you know, things that you're, you're actively coming in contact with and putting on your skin um, and, and talk about those as a preconception lifestyle change. Cause I think a lot of times when we do cross into pregnancy, you know, we're inundated with so many different things. We got to now think about, you know, all of these, this new experience of the changing body. I, I loved what you touched on, on that whole changing identity, because it's so true. And then we're moving through pregnancy where you're being hit with all this new information. You've got to prepare for delivery. You've got to prepare for a new baby. And so a lot of times things like eliminating fragrance, for example, from your products and your candles or, or whatever it is that you need to swap out becomes more of a hassle. It doesn't always get get taken care of during that window. Um, and, and not that it, it, it always doesn't, but um, it definitely doesn't take priority over some of those other things that our minds are on. Yeah, because there's a lot, once you get pregnant, you also want to learn about mm -hmm. raising a little human and you're kind of wondering, okay, you're buying all the baby books. You're trying to figure out like, what's the best type of crib or mattress? Like, and there's other products that you're going to need to buy over that period and mm -hmm. things to research and think about. So I think going into pregnancy, if you can, with like a really solid understanding of what are my, what are my nutrient needs? What lifestyle uh, tips can I take into pregnancy that are going to be supportive? What program am I going to do that's pregnancy safe to move my body throughout the week? Having those things kind of checked off the list and understanding mm -hmm. like what, what you need to do. I think that's a huge lift and like that, that will make you feel so much better going into pregnancy because you've done the work, you've done the research. And then you can just feel really confident and good throughout your pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can definitely throw out there that during a good portion of the first trimester, especially doing things does not always sound appealing. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Uh, I, and so I, it's nice to just kind of have some of that stuff just packaged away so that you don't even feel like you have to go there. Yeah, I, I can attest to that. I'm actually in the first trimester right now and I am straight up exhausted. Like I can do maybe one or two things a day and then I kind of have to just like take the rest of the day to be chill. Like it's in the pregnancy brain, I feel like it's already happening. So I do feel like really good that I did the work ahead of time. Obviously this is my field and what I'm passionate about, but I'm glad I had the education going into pregnancy. So I wasn't freaking out day one on like, what am I not allowed to eat? What can I eat? Mm -hmm. Little things like that. Like I had that all taken care of. Yeah, for sure. Definitely makes a difference. So for the person who's listening, maybe they're in their two week wait. Maybe they just got that positive pregnancy test. They're not really sure what to do next. What tips can you offer them that really just maybe one or two top things 
to kind of help give them ease so that they feel like maybe that they're 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 making a good step forward they're doing something what where would you say start hi friends i wanted to quickly pause today's interview to tell you about agni's deluxe fertility box the deluxe fertility box includes specially formulated teas for him and her fertility supportive allergen-free chocolate chip cookies and seed cycling spices to encourage balanced hormones did you know that 95% of women are deficient in one or more nutrients? Agni's goal is to make getting all the nutrients you need easy with their teas, seasonings, and treats. Order today at agniforall.com. That's A-G-N-I for all.com. And use the code BLISSBERRYWELLNESS at checkout to save. I always like to start with breakfast because... Balancing your blood sugar throughout your pregnancy is really supportive of your baby's future metabolic health. So that's going to be like their propensity to develop type two diabetes or childhood diabetes or obesity, for example. So I always love to educate women on why it's important to balance their blood sugar for their baby, but it's also important for them and to prevent pregnancy complications. Like having a baby that's bigger than Mm. average or something like that. So if we can lock in breakfast, I think that's a really good place to start because it sets the foundation of what your blood sugar is going to do throughout the day. Mm -hmm. If we spike our blood sugar really high at breakfast, it makes it almost impossible to make good decisions three hours later. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people like, let's lock in breakfast. Let's find like three or four high protein, good amount of fiber, good amount of healthy fat breakfast that you can lean on throughout pregnancy um, to support your needs. And that's also going to be one third of all the meals you eat over a nine month period. And if you have really nutrient dense breakfast, then it's kind of covering a lot of bases. Like even on a bad day when you're eating out for lunch and dinner and it's hard to sneak all the nutrients in, at least we know breakfast was solid. So that's one meal that I always like to kind of lock in with clients or course members is just what's the breakfast that's going to be sounding good to you. Mm -hmm. Like let's Mm -hmm. have a few options ready to go. And it's really easy to grab the sugary breakfast. So Mm -hmm. I think, yes. And not to mention it really will help with nausea. So Mm -hmm. if you're spiking blood sugar throughout the day, like you're definitely going to experience more exasperated nausea. And I'm not saying if you, um, don't spike your blood sugar that you won't ever experience nausea or morning Mm -hmm. sickness, sickness, but you're not going to be exasperating it at the same level. So I would say uh, learning about blood sugar balance is huge. And that's one tip that I think if you can start that right away, that's such a good habit for your entire pregnancy. Mm, yeah. And that, that I feel like that just taking that first part of the day approach also is so helpful because like you said, if, if we spike at the start of the day and we just kind of get into the day on a really sour note, coming back from that is really hard. And so if we start the day on a point where, you know, blood sugar is well regulated, we're going to move into the day having well fed ourselves. It's a lot easier to make that good decision for the next meal or the next snack or whatever that looks like. Not to say that you always will, but 
it, when you feel less reactive, it kind of, kind of feels like you can actually think about your options and select. Right. And what does your baby need to grow and develop? It really does need protein. That's the raw materials mm-hmm. for every cell in your baby's body. It needs healthy fats. It needs, you need fiber. So I would say, um, yeah, balancing your blood sugar. It's, it's kind of like one of those things that I think, like you said, it's, it's not even like later in the day that it's willpower or anything like that. It's like, we're actually by balancing our blood sugar, we're turning off satiety cues and hunger hormones that Mm -hmm. like force us to continue to want to crave sugar, carbs, grab a snack when we're not necessarily like needing more food or calories, but we're actually, there's like a hormonal mismatch in our body mm-hmm. and there's like neurons in your gut that communicate to your brain. And like, it's this whole feedback loop that gets totally like it goes haywire when we have a really sugary breakfast without enough protein, without enough healthy fat and without enough fiber, it just throws the whole system off and it makes it really impossible to get back on track because what goes up has to come down. And then it just mm-hmm. kind of continues that ugly cycle of like crashing and craving. So that's why I think breakfast, like lock that in. It makes it a lot easier to make healthier choices throughout the day. You'll hopefully feel a lot better, like less Mm -hmm. nausea, better energy, better focus and better satiety. And then you can kind of decide like how you want to spend the rest of your day. Like, do you want, you can just make more, I guess, calm and like, you're making decisions from a place of like, I feel good and fueled versus like, feed me now. Like I'm starving (laughs) and like, I'm going to die. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so I think having that locked in and understanding how to do that is a really good tip. And for protein options, I think maybe we can kind of just like, I'd love to hear like what you do for breakfast, but Mm -hmm. for me, I've been leaning a lot on dairy in my pregnancy. I've been really craving it. Mm. I think it makes sense. Like we need more iodine. We need more calcium. We need more fat soluble vitamins that you find in dairy. So if you can tolerate dairy, it could be a really good option for you throughout your pregnancy to get some of those nutrients in. It's also can be like high protein if you choose Mm -hmm. the right types of dairy. So I've been leaning on like cottage cheese and uh, grass fed, like Greek yogurt I do a lot of eggs. Eggs are great Mm -hmm. because they are so high in choline, folate, B12, a lot of the nutrients that you'll like see on the back of your prenatal that you know you need for pregnancy. Mm -hmm. It's going to have almost all of those, but you need to eat the whole egg. So make sure you have the egg Mm -hmm. yolk. Um, And I do those in like siete tortillas sometimes or just like scrambles. I have not been able to do protein smoothies. I don't know like if that's, I think that's kind of common to be honest. Like I've noticed that a lot with the people I've talked to is that smoothies just don't sound great during pregnancy or at least Mm. in the first trimester, but normally I would do that too. Um, But that's kind of like what I've been switching between. And then I will add like a, a scoop of collagen powder to something if I want. And another good tip too is to have like, bone broth on hand, because that's really nice to sip on in the morning, especially if you're trying to cut coffee out or like, 
decrease your coffee consumption overall. It's like a nice hot beverage and I haven't been drinking coffee and I've felt really good drinking bone broth. Mm, Yeah. Bone broth is great. That was a staple in my last pregnancy. I went through so many quarts (laughs) of bone broth, which thankfully I have in the freezer, but, um, but yeah, we're, my kids eat a lot of yogurt. I'm unfortunately not able to consume dairy, but I eat a lot of eggs. Um, we love to keep breakfast meat on hand too, not for every morning, but maybe once, twice, three times a week. Um, yeah, but I've I, been doing like the breakfast sausage from Force mm, of Nature is a really good one. Mm, yeah, I'm I'm a big chicken sausage fan when it comes to breakfast, but we did get recently a um a farmer locally had pastured sausages that we were able to buy and those were just amazing. So I was good. sad sad when they all ran out. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I can tell in, and I can, I can remember this too, you know, having been had two children that, you know, if the day isn't started well, it doesn't make for a great day. And I think it's just, as you know, we, we underestimate really, especially if it's your first pregnancy and it's your first experience, the really the total overall body toll that just comes from growing a human. I mean, it's a huge deal. And so it, it can be really surprising just the amount of changes that happen so quickly. I know I personally noticed specific changes, um, like that I didn't expect in my digestion fairly quickly. Um, and so for, for maybe for someone who is listening and they're kind of at that point where they're noticing digestive changes, things aren't moving quite as well what suggestions would you offer them to kind of help ease this period? I mean, I know personally it kind of lifted entering into that second trimester, but whoo, that first trimester can have some um, interesting digestion experiences. Yeah. So I think from a digestive point of view, like if you're feeling super bloated, that's really normal in the first trimester. Mm -hmm. I would try to make sure like Number one, I always like to start with uh, lifestyle and like behavioral changes versus just supplements. I'll give you some mm-hmm. supplement recommendations, but I think let's first start with when you eat, are you eating super distracted? Are you eating with TV or your phone? I would try to remove those and really focus on fully chewing your food and just eating with family or, you know, loved ones. It doesn't that that will help you enter your rest and digest state further, but eating in front of the TV or with tech or like fully distracted and not focusing on your food doesn't help you get into your rest and digest state, Mm -hmm. which is actually when we're going to digest and absorb the nutrients from our food fully. So we need to enter that calm state that our body is optimized to digest in. And to do that, I think you just have to start practicing mindful eating. And that can look probably a little bit different for everyone. For me, it's really just eating without distractions, eating with family, fully chewing my food into a mush before Mm -hmm. I swallow. So just not being too quick with your eating because digestion does start in the mouth. There's certain enzymes Mm -hmm. that are helping us break down our food in our mouths. So that's one little tip. And I think focusing really on the enjoyment of your food, being super mindful with how that meal made you feel that can also support healthy, um, 
just kind of choices when it comes to your overall nutrition for future. It's like, oh, did that cake really serve me? Did it make me feel good? No, it kind of made me feel (laughs) anxious after like, maybe I won't do that again. Just having those little mini mental check-ins with yourself is really, uh, key to helping shift behaviors. If you're trying to be the healthiest version of you throughout your pregnancy, that said, I think there's definitely room for cake. There's room for treats and don't take that in the way that, you know, we have to be perfect, but we obviously want to really lean into our, the healthier version of ourselves and making good choices day by day. So I think practicing mindful eating can really help with that. Um, Limiting processed foods can also really help. That's going to help with, you know, satiety cues. It's going to help not you to not overeat and eat to the point of feeling like you can't digest very well. So um, if you're going to have more, you know, building your meal really more around whole carbs that are in their natural form that are wrapped in fiber with the protein, with the healthy fats, that's going to be a better alternative for digestion than, uh, processed foods, eating cooked foods can also really help a lot of people with digestion. Mm-hmm. If you are feeling like none of those tips are doing it for you, I think it, uh, is worth adding a digestive enzyme and seeing if that helps you. And then if you're experiencing any sort of constipation or just, yeah, like backed up a little bit, I would add some magnesium at night and I can give you a link to the magnesium. I like it's a tri mag and it has three different types of magnesium in it, but that will really help with regularity, obviously making sure you're staying hydrated, eating enough fiber. Those would be kind of my top tips for just supporting overall digestion And then I also think there's some really interesting research coming out about fermented foods. And I think that would be really worth adding into your diet. If you can get uh, two servings of fermented foods per day, Mm. that's a really good goal for pregnancy because it's really going to support a healthy gut microbiome for the long term. Mm. Yeah, that's a great, great tip. I think also it's, it's a good point to just interject that reminder that we as mothers give our microbiomes to our children in delivery, um, at at least a normal vaginal delivery. Um, And so thinking, boosting the microbes of our gut is just really beneficial, Um, beneficial to ourselves, obviously, but also beneficial to our children. Yeah. So go ahead. Oh, oh, no, you're fine. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so I do think um, the research I was speaking of, I think it's come out of Stanford and it did show that fermented foods actually helped with microbiome diversity and a healthier overall gut Mm. bacteria um, microbiome versus like just fiber alone. So obviously fiber is really important to continue to feed the healthy bacteria that you already have, but the fermented foods is actually adding new varieties of healthy bacteria. And so I do like the idea of focusing both on fiber and the fermented foods for Mm -hmm. healthy gut. Mm, Absolutely. I think that prebiotic component is just critical. Just, um, you know, if we, if we, we aren't feeding the good bacteria, (laughs) uh, then it, it can't flourish quite as well. 
Yeah. It can die off very quickly. So Mm -hmm. yeah, every day you really want to be prioritizing those plant foods that are high in fiber. So it's going to be all your vegetables, your berries, your squashes, your nuts and seeds, your beans. Mm -hmm. Those are all really good fiber sources to add to your plate at every meal. Mm-hmm. Every so often, we also love to splurge and um, Olipop's uh, prebiotic soda can be kind of a fun little treat as a, you know, a, a, a pop alternative, but it's it's got like Jerusalem artichoke, inulin, and, and a variety of other things in it that kind of make it be like delicious going down and then delicious for all of your good buggies. Is, that's how we term them here for <laughs> the little people. But <laughs> That's so cool. I'm going to have to try that. It's delicious and their flavors are, I think, remarkably similar to things I remember as a kid. That's awesome. Okay, I'll definitely have to add that to my cart next time. (laughs) Yeah, it's totally worth it. But just fair warning, you might get hooked. Yeah. Well, Katie, thank you for taking time to kind of talk through this with us, you know, and in the world of fertility, talking about that early part of pregnancy is something that's... um, often foreign, which is, I know in speaking with other uh, practitioners and we all feel that, you know, this is important. This is an important part of the journey and it should be a part of the conversation. So I appreciate you entering into the space and um, sharing your wisdom with us. Of course. Yeah. I'm happy to do so. Before we wrap up, I would love to just take a minute for anyone who's listening, who is maybe at that point where they hopefully just had their positive pregnancy test, if they're not really sure where to go next, how can they connect with you? Yeah. So if you're not sure and you want that, you're craving that education to prepare yourself for pregnancy or you're newly pregnant, or even if you're in your second or third trimester, I have a course that I think is definitely worth your time doing. It's 25 foundational videos. That's going to teach you everything you need to know to support your baby's optimal development. So we'll go into what foods to eat, what foods not to eat, what labs to ask your doctor for, the supplements you should be taking. I really hold your hand throughout the whole thing. Mm. And you can start that whenever you want. We have monthly coaching calls. So you can always ask your personal questions. And then I'm there for you to kind of cover the nuance of pregnancy. And I think, yeah, no matter what phase you're at, there's always room to understand and learn more about what goes into pregnancy and how you can start to really optimize your nutrient status so you can have the healthiest, strongest, smartest baby possible. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And we will include all of those links in the show notes below. Well, Katie, thank you again. And um, I wish you well on this. Well, it's snowy here, but this nice snowy evening. (laughs) Oh, I'm in Colorado. It's not snowing right now, but it's definitely snowy outside. So um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. And um, I'll just share that my Instagram's at Hello Baby Nutrition and I hang out there a lot. There's a lot of free resources. I have a free fertility guide there. So if you're not quite ready to jump into a course, you could always check out the free fertility guide. That's a really good place to start, especially if you're in that planning phase and I love to support women, so would be so excited to connect with some of your followers. All right, friends. Well, that wraps up today's episode of the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we'll give you a shout out in an upcoming episode. 
Thanks for tuning into the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. Please share this episode with a friend and be sure to follow Baby Dust at babydust.substack.com for updates on all new episodes and free fertility resource guides. Until next time, I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Bye for now. Bye for now.